Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 says this. Therefore, everyone say therefore. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set us free from the law of sin and death. There's no more condemnation because through Christ, the law of the spirit who gives life has set us free. I want to speak on this idea for the next few minutes. If you're taking notes, you can title this message, Inhaler. Inhaler. That's it. Just one word, inhaler. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? And I want to I invite you in this moment to, to remove any distractions that you have in your mind. And I want to invite you to, to engage with God in, the, in these next few minutes. And invite him to speak into your life. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for your love. And thank you, God, that you make us truly come alive. God, that without you, we are dead. We are empty. We are void. But with you, God, we are full of life. God, we have hope for the future. And we pray that we would leave hopeful, leave excited, leave uh, anticipating good and new things. And in Jesus' name, we pray this. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I, don't, I don't know about you, but I, I grew up with asthma. Anyone have asthma in the room? Shout out to all my asthma people. I've, I've always had asthma. I have real asthma. I don't have fake asthma where you got an inhaler once because you got a doctor's note um, so that you didn't have to run the mile in PE. That's not real asthma. My doctor, when I was in, in, in elementary and in middle school, didn't allow me to run the mile. And so I, I literally, I've grown up, all I've ever known is being a person with asthma. And... Uh, Anyone ever seen one of these? It's an inhaler, and it's called albuterol. And albuterol, it, it, is, it, it is a flavor that I, it is not something that I, I really enjoy, but it is soothing to me because when I am short of breath or when my lungs swell up or if I go to your house and you have cats, anybody allergic to cats in the room? Anybody just hate cats anyways? Anybody lie about the fact that you're allergic to cats so you don't have to be near them because they're the worst? Anybody? Anyone love cats? Are there any cat people? I don't like you either. I don't like you. I don't like cats and I don't like you. I think it's a shame that you would ever like cats. But what would happen is, what would happen is I would, um, I would go to a place and oftentimes it would be a friend's house where this would really come in handy. And I would, if I ever had a sleepover, I would prepare ahead of time, and my mom would usually try and sniff out how clean is their house, because, not because we're neat freaks, but because if I went to a house that was dirty, um, then I was going to come home really not feeling well. There was one time where my brother and I, we were, um, we were in a tent camping and with my grandparents, and we were in our own little tent. I was about nine or ten years old. My brother was about seven, and we, we didn't know it, but a cat had snuck into our tent. And in the middle of the night was crawling all over us, but we didn't know what it was because it was pitch black in Gold Bar. And that's where we were staying, and we're freaking out. So we're both underneath our sleeping bags, and finally my brother finds his flashlight, and he turns it on, and it's a cat. So we shoo it out, and by the time I got to my grandparents' um, tent, my eyes had swollen up like baseballs. 
I could barely breathe and I had to be rushed to the hospital. I have real asthma. None of you wusses count, okay? Um, and so what you do is you, you take a little puff. I'm going to do it for you. <sighs> now, usually I'll count to, count to 10 seconds. Take the puff. And what it does is the, the molecules get down into my lungs and they, what, what has happened is that they've swollen up and they, they get real tight and so the airwaves are clogged and so what it does is it gets in there and it opens them back up so the air can properly get through my lungs. This one particular time though, I was staying at a friend's house and um, I was a little bit older and I was managing this myself. I didn't need my mom to babysit me when it came to my, my breathing. And so I'm at my, my friend's house and uh, they, they had a cat. But I'm like, no worries. I, I took my allergy pills. I took my, my vitamins and I've got my inhaler. So it's later at night. We're playing video games. It's probably one in the morning. And I'm really struggling breathing. So I go to look for my inhaler and I cannot find it. So my friend is like, oh, no worries, bro. I got asthma. I didn't know, though. He had fake asthma. And he's like, I've got an inhaler. Let me go find it for you. And he goes and he looks through this drawer and he finds an inhaler. And so he's like, here you go. And so I go to take a puff of it. And it does nothing for me. And in fact, it makes my lungs feel worse. Come to find out, it was not an albuterol inhaler. It had nothing to do with asthma. And so I find myself, it's one in the morning and I really can't breathe. So finally, we get up the guts to call my mom, and my mom wakes up in the middle of the night, and she finds my inhaler and drives it over to the house so that at one in the morning, I could meet my mom outside. We didn't even tell his parents, and I get my inhaler, and I took a puff, and as I took that puff in, I could breathe again. It was one of the most glorious feelings I have ever felt. Can we give God praise for that? I'm just kidding. No. So what's funny, though, it's funny because I went from barely being able to breathe to with one puff, it brought me to life. And I was thinking about it as I was reading this verse, and the Apostle Paul is writing to the Roman church, and he says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, meaning... How many of you have made mistakes in your past? How many of you got some dirt in, that you've left behind? How many of you got, you've got some people that you've wronged or somebody that's wronged you? And how many of you have done something shameful? Raise your hand, okay? Everybody here has, but what he's doing is he's writing to these people and he's saying, hey, if you've put your faith in Christ, then you don't have to be condemned anymore. Why? Because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has now set you free and the law of sin and death or set you free from the law of sin and death. Now that word law is, you, you are, you're probably familiar with this word, but it literally means this. It's the Greek word nomos, which means what has been established as a custom or a way of doing things. In other words, the law is the way that things are meant to be done. Perhaps you could say it like this. It's the way that things have always been done. Like you have a law in your house. If you take your shoes off, it's the way that things are done. So when your friends come into the house, what do you do? You ask them to take their shoes off. Why? Because it's the way that things are done. 
So Paul contrasts, though, he contrasts these two different laws. There's the old way and there's the new way. The old way is the law of sin and death. And what it's like, he describes it like this. It's the the law of sin and death, which literally means to have, have breath sucked out of you, leading you to being out of sync and on your way to death. That's what it literally means. It's like to have, have life being just sucked out of you. And it's like every step forward you take, you, have, you take two steps backwards. Anyone ever had a season like that where every time you try and get better, you get worse? Anyone, it's like you take one step forward and then it's like you get pushed even further back than you were. And what he's saying is he's, there's this old way of doing things that in every attempt that you've made to try and get better and try and, and fix things and try and do life right, the more you try, the worse you get. The further you go forward, the further you are actually backwards. And it's crazy. It's like every time that I try and strive and make my way into getting this life thing right, every time I try and move forward, it's as if I get pushed further back. And Paul is acknowledging this. And he's like, yo, it's, it's as if you guys are pumping gas. And you're pumping gas into your tank, not knowing that somebody's underneath your tank with a hose inside your tank siphoning the gas out. And as much as you put in is as much as coming out and you wonder why why can't i drive why can't i go why can't i not move forward why am i not maturing why am i not further along than i wish i was why am i not doing better why am i not overcoming this struggle and this temptation and this addiction why am i not more happy why am i not like less struggling and more just thriving why don't i have more money why don't i have more things why am i not more content in my soul why is it that i do have things and yet even even though I have things, I still feel empty. And what Paul is saying here is like, yo, the old way, it's not working. Because even when you get it perfect, you're still empty. Even when you get it perfect, you're still broken. You're still stuck. You're still angry. You're still addicted. You're still striving. You're still messed up. And what he's not trying to do is to get you feeling guilty. What he is trying to do is to get you to understand that it was never meant to work. You were never meant to drive a car that has a hole in the gas tank. It doesn't work. And it's not supposed to work. And what happens, though, is we try and we keep trying to fit this thing. We try and make it happen. And we think that if we get the right amount of things fixed societally... And we see, we see this playing out in our political systems. And we see this playing out in culture. And we see it playing out as, as justice is trying to be achieved on TikTok and on social media. And every time that we make these attempts and we try and call things out and we try and say this is wrong and it shouldn't be, every single time what happens is it gets worse. Have you ever noticed that? That for every time the cultural issue, name your issue, is brought up on TikTok, it's all it does is it draws more attention to the fact that it is there and nothing better happens. Why? Because it was never the solution in the first place. And so we find ourselves in this cycle of saying, we got to get better. We got to fix it. We got to change the laws. We got to do this better. We need more videos that expose the truth. We need to make more people accountable. And all of these things might be good, and yet we find that they are not 
working. And so Paul is saying, yo, the old way, it doesn't work. But there is a new way. Because as much as there was a way of doing things, Jesus comes onto the scene and he says, guess what, friends? There's a new way. And not only is it a new way, not only is it better, it is a way that works. And everything that you've been trying to achieve so that you can feel right is found in Jesus' way. And here's what he says. There's an old way, right? But there's a new way. And he says, the law of the spirit. And what it means is to take an inhaler and to breathe in life and come alive. And, and raise your hand again if you got asthma, any, any asthma people. And raise your hand, keep your hand raised if you've ever had a time where you're very short-breathed and you really cannot function and what you need is your rescue inhaler. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? You know how it feels. And there's nothing better than finding yourself not being able to breathe on your own and then all of a sudden you go... And you breathe in the life that you were meant to have. Your lungs begin to open up. You can begin to breathe. You can function. And this is what Jesus came to bring you. He came to bring you life. Came to bring you functioning. Came to get you back to a place where instead of trying all of the things to fix it. See, when, I would, when I'd be at a friend's house with cats... I would, I would sometimes try and go into the other room or one time my friend Nick, his mom was like, don't worry, I'll vacuum. And you know what she did? She's like, you guys go into the other room, I'm gonna, spot, I'm gonna clean this place, you're gonna come back in here and you're gonna be fine. And if anybody knows anything about cats, this is the worst thing that could have happened. She vacuums, she dusts, and all of this kind of stuff, but the way that cats work is that their, their saliva is what you're allergic to, it's not their hair. And as they lick their fur or their hair or whatever, and they shed their dander and their, that, the, the, the light air that it is, it's these small little like floaty things that you can't even see. They, get, they just get released into the air. So as you breathe it in, these little, these little like, um, what would you call them, like alien um, tadpoles that you cannot see, they swim their way through the air into your lungs and attach themselves and what it causes you to do is your lungs to swell up and your eyes swell up. And if you're like me, you no longer can breathe. Everything starts to squeeze in and you, you're, you're, you're stuck. And I remember my friend's mom is like, I'll fix it. And guess what? When she tried to fix it, it made it worse. And when you try and save your life, you only make it worse. When you try and make it right, you only make it worse. When you try and will yourself out of an addiction, you only make it worse. When you try and will yourself into a next relationship that you think for somehow, in some way, that this one will be different than the last time, you're only making it worse. How do I know that? I know it from experience. I thought that this next one, when I date her, I'm not going to struggle with what I did when I dated her or when I dated her. And the same struggle that made it there is the one that made it there and the one that made it into this one as much as I tried. Why? Because I was breathing the wrong air. And so what Paul says here is he says, hey, there's an old way. It doesn't work, but there's a new way. 
And it's the way that you get animated. You get come alive and you breathe it in. And what it is is you start to breathe in the life of God. And this is what I want to bring it all back to that I want you all to understand. I said it earlier. You were. Turn to your neighbor and say, you were. Say it a little bit louder. Say, you were. Turn to your other neighbor and say, created. Turn to someone behind you and say, to walk. Turn to your neighbor in front of you and say, with God. And this is what I want you to understand. Is even when it comes down to the word spirit, that word spirit in the Greek means, it's the word pneuma. And you know what it means? It means breath. And this is how living with God is. Is it's breathing him in and out, in and out, day in, day out. You walk with God. You breathe God in. This is why we talk about doing daily devotions. This is why we give you journals. This is why um, we, we encourage you to come to church every single Sunday. This is why we encourage you to go to, to UD Mid, why we encourage you to go to the Breakfast Club, and this is why we encourage you to uh, change what you listen to in the mornings and listen to worship music. This is why we encourage you to pray. This is why we encourage you to talk to God. This is why we encourage you to do these things. Why? Because this is what it looks like to not only have a moment at camp or a moment on a Wednesday night and then walk away and say, I hope I can get back to this again soon. And this is what you and I, this is what I've spent so many decades of my life doing is I will go to an experience and I will take the puff and then I walk back into the world that is full of evil and dander and I breathe it in and I wonder why my lungs went back to where they were just moments before. And what God is calling you to do, friends, is be in a place where in every day and in every moment and in every season and every, every trial and every struggle and in every morning and every night and every, every time that you're anywhere is that you're breathing in, walking with relationship with God. That's God's call for you. God's call for you is not to be the kind of person who gets caught up in this, this rat race where you're like, I'm trying to figure this thing out myself and it's just not working. Why do I feel so dead? I believe in Jesus, but I feel dead. Why do I feel so empty? I mean, I, I come to church and I worship. I feel like I'm full, but then I, 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 go, I go to sleep and I'm still empty. Why do I, why do I feel so just, not, I, I feel like stale and I feel like detached. And yet when I worship, I lift my hands and I give it all to God. And God is saying, it's never been the point that you would have a moment with God. The point is that you would have a life with God. I want for you, friends, I know this has been a weird year, and I know that you're all on different ends of the spectrum when it comes to your life and following Jesus, but my prayer for you is not that you would come here as much as I want you here, and I believe in what we're doing here. My prayer for you is that everywhere you go out there that you would walk with God. I don't want you to live empty lives. I don't want you broken. I don't want you struggling and feeling like you've got nowhere to turn because all you know how to do is come back to church and take another puff. God is saying, will you walk 
with me every day? Will you breathe me in every day? Will you pray to me every moment? When you're struggling, will you come back to me? And you don't have the words to say, but you look up and you trust that I'm there and that I'm with you and that I'm walking with you. When you're broken, instead of turning to your dark music or your horror movies, will you put your earbuds in and will you walk around your neighborhood and put on a playlist that begins to change the way that you process grief and that you struggle and will you start to walk with me? And that is my prayer for you, that in every day and in every moment and every season, that you would learn to depend on God for your very breath. And see, this new way is this. This is what you can write down. The new way is this. Breathing in God every moment. Breathing in God every moment. When you wake, when you sleep. When you're struggling, when you are doing great. When you're doing your devos, when you're driving to school, when you're at work, when you're struggling, when you're walking with your, with your friends, when you're at Starbucks, wherever you are, that you're breathing in the life of God. Now you might say, okay, what does this mean? What does this mean? Because I, I, I get it, Taylor. Like, I get it. Like, I, I'm down with that, bro. Like, I hate my life. And I'm so down to breathe in the life of God. But how in the heck do I do that? Anybody ever felt that? Like, every, anybody ever just been like, man, we talk about this kind of thing all the time. I go to church. I hear about it. And I, 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 I'm genuinely, I, I dig it. You know what I mean? I dig it. Can you dig it? Yeah, I dig it. And, and, and you dig it, right? Right, Julian? Yeah. yeah. And, but, then, but then you go, and you're like, I dug it, but I'm not digging it anymore. You know what I mean? Right, Julian? Yeah, yeah. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Right, Tanner? And so you, you, you dug it, but you're not digging anymore, and you, you leave church, and then, and then you go home, and you get, you get dumped. And... And, uh, or your mom reminds you that you got to do chores, um, or you get up the next morning and you realize that you forgot to do your homework and now you're screwed when you go to church, to school. And, um, and then you, you, you see somebody that you've kind of been avoiding and, and, and you, you, life starts to happen and you find yourself having believed something, but now you find yourself in this place where it's not working anymore. What does this look like in that moment? And that is what I want to challenge us with tonight, is what does it look like to actually breathe God in daily? That word spirit, okay? What Jesus said when he sent, Jesus came, dies, rises again, comes back, spends a few days with his buddies, He's like, yo, guys, I'm going up to heaven. I'm not coming back. But don't worry, I'm not leaving you empty-handed. I'm going to leave you a helper. Everyone say helper. helper. I'm going to leave you a helper, and they're going to teach you and remind you. Okay? And this is the key that you need to understand. You, everyone needs to write this down. I'm gonna here's what the Holy Spirit exists to do in your life. is He wants to teach you, and he wants to remind you. 
And this is why it is so critical that as you walk with God daily, that you breathe him in daily, that you, that you listen to worship music, that you do your devotions, that you read the Bible, that you pray, even though you don't know how to pray, but you just pray and you just work on it and you, do, you just live this daily. It's, it, it, this is why it's so critical because we are not called to be people who just like, we do this thing on our own and we, 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 every, every time that we, we struggle, we, we keep going to the wrong vices and we, we struggle and we, 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 we keep going to the wrong people and the wrong things. And God is saying, I want to get you back to this place where when you're in these moments that you know where to turn. And here's what it looks like. There's three things that you need to do. You need to, number one, you need to decide which law you're going to live by. And this is key for you to understand, is some of us, the reason that we struggle is because we haven't made a conscious decision of which law we're going to live by. We haven't decided, like consciously made a, an outright decision to truly walk with Jesus. So we're good here, but then the moment that the poop hits the fan and the pressure comes is the moment that we, we, we really begin to doubt. And here's what I want to tell you, that the moment that you decide to follow Jesus is the moment that you're going to feel pressure. If you decide to follow Jesus, you're going to feel pressure. You're going to struggle. You're going to have things come at you that you didn't anticipate. You're going to have things come at you that you don't want to deal with. You're going to have times where you're, you're, op, you're given an option to now doubt. And what do you do in that moment? You default to the decision that you've made. And here's my question for you. Have you pre-decided, predetermined that when the pressure comes, that you're still going to follow Jesus? Have you decided that when your boyfriend broke, breaks up with you, that in those moments, you're going to follow Jesus? Have you decided that when your parents are struggling, that in those moments, you're going to follow Jesus? Have you decided when you don't feel like going to church and you don't feel like doing things, that you come back to the fundamental understanding that I cannot do this on my own? Have you decided that you're gonna follow Jesus? Thank you. But here's what has to happen. You have to decide which law you're going to live by. The old law, where you try and figure this thing out on your own. Or the new law, where you breathe in God's life every day. The old law, you strive, you try and make this thing happen. You find yourself in the same place that you are right now, that you were last year. And it never works. And Paul's writing this and he says, yo, guys, doesn't work. Doesn't work. But there's a new way. Doesn't work. But there's a new way. It's not working anymore, guys. But there's a new way. And so you have to decide. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to think to yourself right now. Which way am I going to go? When this stuff happens, are you going to walk out on God? Or are you going to keep leaning in and say, even though I don't feel like it, I'm still following Jesus. I need Jesus. I need his life. I need his breath. I need, I need, his, I, I need his spirit. Hey, guys, 
I, I, need, I need God. And, and it's okay if you want to make the decision to not need God. It's, can I tell you, it is okay for you to walk out on God. Go leave, but admit it to yourself. Don't be playing this game where you're lying to yourself thinking that you're following Jesus when in reality you are following your flesh. Like, call it what it is. Say, I'm not a Christian. I respect you if you do that. I respect people who say, I've just decided I'm not going to follow Jesus anymore. But you know what it is more often? It's we want to blame something else. Why? Because we, have no, we don't want to admit to ourselves. We don't want to admit to ourselves that following Jesus is hard. Following Jesus takes the whole of your life. That deciding to follow Jesus means you got to surrender everything. Your opinions no longer matter. Like, your opinions and your identity and how you see the world were way up here. Then you found a new identity and they went way down here. I'm not saying they don't matter. They just really don't matter a lot at all. Like, my opinion is great. I have a really good taste in music. I have really good taste in food. I have really good taste in people. I don't know. I, 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 I have good taste, good opinions, good ideas. I'm smart, and I'm awesome, and all of it. I'm, I'm kidding, but here's what I'm saying. is The moment I decide to follow Jesus is the moment that my opinion and my desires start to go way down here, and the only thing that truly matters first and foremost is Jesus and following him. And what you've got to do is you've got to decide which way am I going to live? Which way, which way am I going to live? Are you going to go the old way where you strive and you figure it out yourself? Or are you going to breathe in God every day? Number two, and this is the key, this is the key right here. So decide which way you're going to live, but then here's what you have to do. You have to publicly denounce the old way. So it can't just only be Following one way, you also have to denounce the old. This is, a, this, is, this is a challenge. This is hard. I don't like doing this part. I don't like having to repent for where I've gone wrong. I don't like having to admit where I've screwed up. I don't like having to admit that I've got some skeletons in my closet that I can't just hide, but I actually have to bring them out and say, hey, guess what? This is in my past. That's not easy. But in order for you to move forward, you also have to know what you are running from. In 2 Timothy, I'll invite, the, I'll invite Ethan to come up. Just Ethan. Not the whole band, just Ethan. I just, want, I just want to have Ethan. Let's give it up for Ethan. So, 2 Timothy 2, it says, and I'll, I'll misquote it a little bit. I believe it's verse 22. And it says, Flee the evil desires of youth. But then he, then he says, pursue righteousness and peace and joy along with those who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. What he's saying here is you have to decide which way you're going to live. All right, I'm following Jesus. Raise your hand if you want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus, right? I want to give him my life. I want to do everything to honor him with my life. My life my opinions, my ideas, my desires are secondary to what God thinks and what God has for me. Like, that is always better. Let me tell you, God's way is better. 
And as I decide to follow that, what I have to also do is I have to acknowledge that these old ways are going to run after me. And every time that I had a struggle, that I tried to just leave and walk into the next season thinking they would just be gone, that struggle would get more and more crafty and sneaky and find its way into my new season. Every relationship, some of you need to hear this, like every time, like you date some of the dumbest people and, and or you like the dumbest people because they give you attention and it's, wonder, it's great, I understand it. But what happens is you, you, you start to struggle in that relationship and that relationship doesn't pan out the way that you thought it would and, and you're really bummed out and you're sad, right? And then you think, well, time has now passed I'm no longer feeling the, 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 the extreme effects of that relationship. And so now it's time for me to open my eyes again and look at the next one. And that next time, now that you're no longer feeling the feelings from that one, you look at this next relationship and you assume this one's going to be different. And you know what? It will be different. It'll just be worse. Why? Because until you denounce what used to be, and say that this led me to death and this way leads me to life, I'm, not, I'm no longer okay assuming that this wasn't an issue. I'm no longer okay just pretending, well, this is just, it's fine. It's no big deal. This is the thing. No, no, no. You have to look it in the eyes and say, you know what? Every time I was anxious, depressed, Suicidal, bored, sad, angry. And you start to look and say, yo, like, this was bad. And this way is good. It's hard, but it's good. Following Jesus is not easy, but it is good. It's not always easy, but it is great. There's nothing better on the planet there's nothing better in existence than following Jesus. He's the only way worth going. You will discover this, whether here or in eternity, that Jesus is the only way. But what has to happen is as we acknowledge there's a way that's leading me to life and I'm no longer okay with that way that led me to death. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to try and follow Jesus and keep all of this baggage with me, assuming that it will be lighter this time. It won't. But I'm telling you, if you'll be willing to acknowledge this, I'm not saying it's not going to come knocking, but you're going to recognize the knock. I can tell in the middle of the night if one of my kids comes to our bedroom and that we will lock our door but they know how to knock. And I can tell when it's Jude's knock and I can tell when it's Hayden's knock. And Hayden's is, and Jude's is more, he just shuffles with the door handle for about two minutes until he realizes it's not gonna open and then he just starts hitting it. And your past will try but every time it does, says, no, you don't have power over me anymore. Why? Because I just acknowledged you. I just looked at you and said, lust, you were a thing. I know you're going to try and come at me again, but I found a new way. 
Depression. Friends, the culture you live in idolizes depression. And it is real. It's real. Anxiety, real. Suicidal thoughts, real. Like clinical depression, real. All of these things, so real. But what we, what we don't have to do is give into it. Some of you, you just, you've surrendered your life to depression. Like you're not willing to give your life to God wholly, but you're willing to surrender everything you got to a diagnosis and to a medicine that you've got to take and all of these different things. And God is saying, yo, like that's real. Humanity's broken, but guess what? In the brokenness, I can heal you, but you got to look at that thing and properly diagnose it. It is a thing, but it's not the thing. I'm the thing. So diagnose the diagnosis. Look at it and say, this is real. I'm going to deal with it. I got asthma. I've been praying for decades that God would heal me from asthma and I believe that he will I'm not looking at this though as this is my lifeline God is God is my every breath God is everything for me and though I use this this is not where my hope lies no diagnosis, no vaccine, no, no, no law, no regulation. None of these things are the thing that you put your hope in. So as much as we can acknowledge that they are human ways of figuring out human problems, at the end of the day, we must put them in their proper place. I was depressed, but God is my joy. I was struggling, but God is my vision. I was lustful, and I was angry, and I was prideful, and I was selfish, and I was lonely, but God has become my friend. God has become the leader of my life. God has become my everything. And so what do we do? We acknowledge the past, but we put it in its proper place. And so my encouragement for you, friends, tonight is simply this. Decide which law you're going to live by. Is it the old way or the new way? Number two, denounce the old way. And number three, get aggressive about the new and just as much as you've got to call out the old way, some of you, it's time to publicly proclaim. I'm talking on your social media. I'm talking to your parents. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about your teachers. I'm not saying you go be weird, but I am saying maybe you will look weird. And you've got to be willing to say, if, if, if I look weird, I'm cool. Because Jesus is better than anything else. Acceptance uh, with people is way it pales in comparison to acceptance from God that I was dead in my sins but God has made me alive in Christ and so as much as I, I I really dig people liking me and I really dig people wanting to be around me and I really dig influence and I I really dig eyes on me and I really dig relationships it is all weak sauce in comparison to what God offers me that when I, all of them they don't got hope they're empty, they're depressed, and they're broken, and they're walking in circles wondering what's going to fix it. And they're blaming systems, and they're blaming world leaders, and they're blaming things, and they're blaming their parents, and all of these things are real. And God is saying, yo, if you'll just call that what it is and then look at me.
publicly proclaim following Jesus. Just like the old song. There's an old song called I Have Decided to Follow Jesus and I don't know the full story verbatim but essentially there was this family and it was illegal to be Christian. And it's a true story. The person who wrote this this song, I've decided to follow Jesus, watched as each of his family members died. And the thing after thing, just like some of his family members were, were coming back on a ship and they died and then some died in a fire and so all of this kind of stuff. And he's at this point where he's being frozen to death. If I remember the story correctly, he's on his last breaths and he could denounce Jesus and live or he could choose to continue to proclaim Jesus and, and surely die. And he's in this moment. He begins to sing out, I have decided, he says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, turning back. For some of us, it's time to decide. We're living the old law, choosing the new one. Are we choosing the new one, but tying our arms to the old? Or are we ready to get aggressive? I've decided follow Jesus. Turning back. Turning back. God, when I'm weak, you're strong. When I'm empty, you fill me. When I can't breathe, God, you are my rescue. You are my champion. God, when I'm dead, when I'm broken, when I'm struggling, you are the voice that says, keep going. Walk with me. Trust me. Put your hope in me. With the heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're ready to follow Jesus, would you stand? Would you stand? If you're ready to make a proclamation in this moment, don't look at anybody else. Just keep your eyes closed if you're standing. You're ready to follow Jesus. And if you're already following Jesus, make that decision too. Stand with us. Let's, let's go. You're following Jesus. Don't stand if you're not ready. That's okay. It's okay. Some of the best things that you can do is be honest about where you're at. It's okay. Would you lift your hands to heaven? And I think what we should do, I think we should make a declaration in this moment. Just say, God, make me come alive. God, I'm going to follow you. God, I'm going to give you everything. God, I'm going to run after you. And though none go with me, still I will follow. With your hands raised, would you repeat after me? Say, I've decided.